You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. John Wertheim here. This is this week's Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. Let us start by pausing for a second of silence to acknowledge that this ought to be the second week of Wimbledon, one of the great uh, pinnacles of the tennis calendar. We will have to wait till next year. But uh, meanwhile, we have a good podcast this week. Our guest is Carlos Silva. Carlos is the CEO of World Team Tennis, which, as perhaps you know, will have a 2020 season. A little bit different, but there will be a series of 63 matches from July 12th to August 1st at the Greenbrier, the resort in West Virginia, where all the players and all the teams will effectively be bubbled. Uh, this is tennis's version of what we're seeing in the NBA, and this is a, a prelude of sorts to the 2020 U.S. Open. But uh, World Team Tennis persists. Uh, Carlos talks about where, how, and when you can see the matches, but they will be televised on a variety of networks and platforms. And World Team Tennis, a stalwart uh, in the sport since the early 70s, will uh, persist. So we talk with Carlos about World Team Tennis, about staging an event amid corona, where his league fits into this uh, crazy mosaic we call tennis, and uh, his experience uh, with the sport as well as a former player. So a good conversation with a guy I've known for, uh, for a while. Here's Carlos Silva. How are we doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Things are good. Where are you? Where are we getting you? I'm in, uh, I live in uh, Potomac outside of D.C. and Maryland. Oh, okay. So you're, uh, you are not far from uh, the Greenbrier as, as these things go. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been a few times over the last, uh, over the last few weeks. So yeah, it's like, it's like three and a half hours from Dallas. All right. So you, and you can, uh, you can drive that. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's, let's start there. Tell, I feel like, uh, it's, it's like talking about TV. This is like uh, Succession or Ozark, but t- tell us about season 45. What are we expecting here? So, uh, I mean, as you know, we, uh, we have nine teams in season 45. We had a new expansion team in Chicago. They're unfortunately not going to get to play in Chicago. Uh, Sloan Stevens is anchoring that team along with her coach, uh, Kamal Murray. Um, 
And, uh, and so, you know, we're bringing everybody. We looked at a lot of different states, John, you know, Texas, Florida, Nevada, California, but, um, but West Virginia felt good. Uh, it still feels good in the grand scheme of things, just based on everything that's happening. So we're, uh, we're bringing all nine teams to the Greenbrier, but we're going to play a complete season. And so the, the season will still be 14 regular season, uh, seven home and seven away, if you will, which will really only consist of, uh, you know, whatever jersey they're wearing that day, home or away, uh, on one court right, at the, right in a great little stadium that the Greenbrier's got. I was going to say, I, I commend you on, uh, on not picking Florida, California, you know, Texas or Arizona. You, uh, you, you picked well. Um, I, I mean, I guess I think other sports are going to be looking at this as a real sort of, you know, canary in the coal mine to use a West Virginian. No, but I, I think whether it's yeah. the U.S. Open or whether it's Orlando in this NBA bubble, do you feel pressure to sort of do this right for world team tennis, but also I suspect a lot of other sports outlets are going to be looking at this. Yes, we do feel pressure. I mean, I, and, and I think you're right. I don't think it's just tennis. I think it's sport, you know, all of us, I mean, the one thing and you may have found it too, John, I found that over the last three months, everyone's been very collegial in, uh, in, you know, whether we were on white house calls or whether we were all together. I mean, I talked to Jay Monahan you know, about a month ago before, um, before their season started because they were going to go to Texas and he gave me some great feedback on what they were doing with testing. And so, yeah, we do. We, we're, uh, we're trying to be very diligent and we're also trying every day to make sure that what we're doing, we're still analyzing it every day. You know, as I've told my team and we've told the players, you know, until August 2nd when someone raises the King Trophy, um, you know, we got to be diligent every day. So we've, we've even made a few adjustments. As you know, we're, we're going to have um, five, up to 500 fans in the stadium. It right. holds 2,500. And originally, those fans were only required to have a temperature check. But about five days ago, before everything got a little bit, um, you know, a little crazy over the last five days, we decided that we would add masks in for the fans as well. And so all the, all the, all the fans will also have masks in the stadium. And, you know, with the way we thought about that is you can always take the masks down if things feel better, but better to be a little safer. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a little pressure, but uh, I think we're up for it. And I think we're going to show everyone how, um, how we can be safe and, and be um, operationally smart every day. And so 500 fans as of today is, is the number you're working with? It is, yeah, yeah. And what we've got, I don't know if you've ever been to the – that stadium, but it's a great little horseshoe, horseshoe stadium around the court with a lower bowl and an upper bowl. And so the, the, the low, you'll either buy a lower bowl general admission ticket or an upper bowl general admission ticket. And then every other row is blocked. And then the ushers will social distance when you come into the stadium. So if you came, John, with your family, you'd be able to sit with your family. But if I came with my family, we'd sit together, but I wouldn't be able to sit next to your family. We'd be six feet away. And yeah. so um, and so that that works. And then we'd, we'd all have masks in the, in the in the stands. And, I, you know, I've seen the roster of players and Cannon and the Bryan brothers and Sam Query. And I don't know, is, is Venus still uh, Venus is still on the list? Venus is in. Yeah, Venus is going to going to play for the Castles. And then Roundich is going to play for Orange County. Uh, Taylor Fritz is in now for Philadelphia Freedoms, and so uh, yeah, the list is the list is deep. It's a great uh, it's a great lineup, and and the great thing too is everyone playing everyone's playing the full season. There's no 
none of these sort of I'll drop in for two or three matches to help the team out and then disappear, which I, which I love. And are the players allowed to leave the facility? What, what are the restrictions on the players? No, the play, so uh, all the players are being tested now as well right. as the staff before they leave to come. Then when they get to the Greenbrier, they'll go to the Performance Center. They'll be tested again before they sort of enter the facility. And then, uh, and then all the players will be staying in the hotel, on property. Uh, they'll stay on property. And then on a daily basis, they'll also have their temperatures checked to enter the stadium. And then we're going to also do a mid-season test as well. But if I say, you know, I, we've got a day off here and, and I want to go hang out and visit family in Philadelphia, am I, am I allowed to, to leave? No, right? no, no. Yeah, no, that would be uh, – that would be extreme case. No, everyone's in for the season. And by the way, they only, I think they only have one day off in the season because it's like 14 matches in 16 days. And so, no, they won't be going to visit their family in Philadelphia. <laughs> Definitely this not. Could, uh, this, you know, this, this is essentially, it sounds like a dress rehearsal for the U.S. Open in a lot of respects. For the, for the players yeah. as well. For the players too. Yeah, I, I, th I think so. Yeah, I think so for everybody. And, um, and the really nice thing about Greenbrier too is they have a medical clinic on, on site. They've been very helpful. So we have docs uh, and we have facilities right there too. And, and I think that's a really great feature that they bring us. What, uh, we have seen some players that have not been the height of responsible uh, in, in tennis recently. Is there any sort of, uh, I mean, have you had to go down the discipline road and sort of uh, make some mornings and lay out some policy with that? No, not, I mean, not yet. We haven't. I mean, uh, you know, we even had a few players that we had to put on the, um, on the, on the Homeland Security to enter the country list. Right. Uh, you know, like the, like Neil Skopsky, just to use one example, cause he was over in London and, uh, and they all came to the U S and they quarantined for 14 days uh, and then they'll head to Greenbrier. But uh, so far everyone really wants to play. I think everyone's playing by the rules and wants to make sure that we all are safe because we're all coming together uh, for the first time. So, so far, so good. Um, so le leaving the, the biosphere, uh, the, the biosphere context, notwithstanding, I mean, wh where do you see world team tennis fitting into this, uh, to this tennis biosphere, to the tennis landscape? Where, where does WTT fit in? Well, I mean, we want it, we wanted it to fit in more than it has. I mean, it's been sort of slotted in, as you know, between sort of Wimbledon and the U S open series. Uh, it's a very slim sliver uh, I don't like, I don't like uh, only having a three week long season. Uh, as a result of that, you know, we launched the all-star event um, in March, which went great, you know, with the Bryant brothers and Sam and Sharapova and, and that's a way that we could extend the season. Uh, you know, I mean, look in the grand scheme of things, I'd love for us to um, fit into the, the bigger picture with the ATP and the WTA uh, as a team event. And so uh We've, I th think, done a good job of sort of playing by the ATP and WTA guidelines. And, um, you know, I'm a, big, I'm a big sports guy and federation guy and understand that world, as you know, and, and uh, we'll continue to do that. But, you know, certainly for this year, I think we're, we're trying to be leaders and show them that we, we are leaders and we should be part of the tennis fabric because I think we've proven it. I was going to say, I mean, I, I wonder if you're thinking about this summer with probably uh, a lot of eyes on your, your season as a way to uh, take up some more real estate within tennis. I mean, it, it seems like uh, a lot of people are going to be hearing about and, and watching World Team Tennis in, uh, in a few days. And I wonder if this could be a springboard to, uh, to, to a bigger role within the sport. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and, you know, by the way, John, before all this hit last year, we were trying to move 
the tournament that was in Sao Paulo to San Diego uh, and make it part of that all-star weekend. And so we were already looking at doing like a San Diego 250. We had gone before the ATP board uh, to pitch that. They, they at that time didn't want us to change the surface from uh, clay court to hard court which I think was um, a big mistake, but uh, they had their reasons. So yeah, we're already thinking about how World Team Tennis is, is really a portfolio that in the summer, we've got the season, in the spring, we've got the all-star match, but you know, spread across it, there's opportunities to have other tournaments for, for all the players that we would be part of and we would run. So uh, I think we'll continue to look at that. I mean, uh, yeah, there's even some opportunities now with Challenger uh, and, you know, with Oracle not in the Challenger series that, um, you know, we also think that that's a great opportunity for, you know, WTT to, to continue to support tennis. You know, Fred Luddy's uh, uh, and Eric Davidson are both massive uh, supporters of tennis and, and they continue to support us. They want to continue to grow it. Um, I wonder, I mean, is this, is this scalable beyond the U.S.? I mean, it strikes me that uh, World Team Tennis is U.S.-based and tennis's nerve center is – at least right now, not in this country. Is this something that, I mean, is there any reason why there couldn't be a world team tennis in, uh, in Europe and Australia and in the Far East? Well, you know, it's, it's on my list, you know, as I put together my three year, three to five year plan when I joined, I, you know, I didn't like that, the, that we were world team tennis, but we weren't very world. And so, uh, so I think, you know, the problem with the logistics is, is John, if you have teams in Europe, um, you really have to create like a Europe group. And so I've, I've got a, a plan that we could put four teams in Europe and those four teams would play their regular season because you wouldn't be able to fly back and forth right, right. during those two weeks. But if they played their regular season in Europe, then one team of those four could then come over and make the playoffs in the semis. And if we did those in Vegas or, you know, wherever we did it, they would get one of those slots. And I think, um, you know, I, I had thought about that for 21, maybe 21, you know, now we've sort of lost a little bit of a year with some of our planning, but, Certainly, as I think of 21 and 22, and we, we continue expansion, having those four teams in Europe, uh, I think, could easily be done. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I, I mean, I, I feel like ever since I've covered tennis, the, uh, the scouting report on world team tennis have been very consistent, which is we all love the equality 
We all love Billie Jean King. It's, it's fun to attend in person. The players are smiling. I mean, it seems like a lot of the virtues of the sport are, uh, are, are really encapsulated. The, the balance sheets are a bit of a confounding mystery, and nobody's quite sure where it fits into the calendar. I mean, what, what is the – I don't know how to phrase this. I mean, what's, what's kind of the one factor you think is most critical to uh, the success of the league? Well, yeah, and by the way, I, I would say, you know, same here, John. Uh, I've been in and around it, you know, WTT. I've known – uh, all the all the constituents, uh, you know, you know, grew up with Mark Ein and you know knew what he was doing with the castles, uh, and you know even when I took the job to be the CEO, I mean I I said the same things to myself, but I know that I've turned a lot of things around. I I I knew I had great new owners in in Fred and Eric that uh, wanted to capitalize. You need capital to build something, and the first thing that that Fred told me was, you know, we've got to create a great product, and so. We started that in 2019, but you also don't do that in one year. I think we got great players in 2019. I think we had great distribution in 2019. And in spite of what's happening with COVID in 2020, I think we've raised the bar again. And now we've added the tennis channel uh, to our list of you know, distribution. All 66 matches are live. And the CBS guys stepped in and said, you want to put the finals on big CBS? And Look, I mean, for any tennis match to be on broadcast television right now is a big deal. So we feel very lucky that we have this great regular season lineup, but now we have the finals on CBS. And so uh, I'm not interested in, in just being a sideshow. Uh, it's not what I've ever done. I'm interested in growing it and making sure that the players and the fans know that it's top competitive tennis and it's just not a hit and giggle. Uh, you know, we added a million dollars in prize money to the postseason this year. And I got to tell you, when those four teams make the semifinals, there's going to be five teams that are going to be upset that they're not going to have a chance at the prize money. And I think that changes the profile of what we've done yet again. And so I think we continue to grow it and, and make sure that we are part of the fabric of tennis in the calendar. I don't know if you remember when you and I met, I don't know, 10, a long time, you know, 10, 15 years ago now. Um, when it was, I think it was through Sports Illustrated, but you were you were working for the World Series of Fighting, I believe. Yeah, we had lunch um, with Mark. We had lunch with Mark Ford, and I was the CEO of World Series of Fighting. Yeah, yeah and, all right, you remember and, that. You know, we had you know yeah. I had been at AOL and and SI at the time too, and so I knew Mark and and you know you and I kind of just knew each other from the the world, but we had never really sat down. And we had a yeah we had a great lunch in New York. That was uh, as what was that? That must have been uh, must have been yeah probably probably about eight years ago, I'd say yeah um we we uh we, we miss mark ford um but uh i i don't remember um i mean i remember you and i talked a lot about fighting i think you know we we had uh it was it was a business lunch but i think we we talked a bit about mixed martial arts i i didn't realize the extent to uh to which you're a tennis guy i mean you oh you yeah were not, um why don't, why don't you sort of how'd you end up in this racket but i i also think um you know sometimes executives come into tennis and they don't know they never heard what Indian Wells is and it's sort of just pull your eyes and say, Oh boy, this is going to be a Rocky ride. You're, I want to make clear, like you're, you're a tennis guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all I wanted. I mean, I, you know, like a lot of kids, I played all sports growing up and um, you know, I quit everything in, in sort of seventh, eighth grade and, you know, didn't play any more football or baseball or any of those things. All I wanted to do was hit a tennis ball. And I got, you know, I kind of came up through the juniors and, um, played in some national tournaments and, and ended up going to Boston college and, and played tennis for four years at BC back when they were in the big East in the big East, which, you know, pains me now that they're not in the big East. Cause it just seems strange. And we won a bunch of big East championships and 
I won some singles and doubles, Big East championships titles, which was great. And then I tried, you know, I tried, uh, I went to Canada for a summer after BC with a buddy of mine that played at BU. And we drove up there and we played what was then the Molson tour, which was, you know, kind of the challenger series as it is now. And I remember it was eight stops from sort of Toronto to, to Quebec city every week for eight weeks. And, um, you know, earned earned a you know I earned a pro paycheck, so I'm happy to say that you know, I made the main draw there in, in one of the tournaments and earned a pro paycheck, and so uh, it was fun. And I it was either I go to Spain for the next mini tour, or I go do a master's degree at uh, at GW, and I decided that I'd go do a master's degree at GW. And um, but yeah, tennis tennis taught me everything. It you know taught me how to be responsible and be on time and and work hard and. Uh, and so, yeah, it's embedded in everything I've done. Yeah, we did a lot of stuff with US Open, too, in the early AOL days. You know, we were a sponsor of the US Open. Uh, we, streamed the, we streamed the practice courts before anyone was thinking of doing that stuff, John. You know, along with you guys at SI and, and with Jeff Price, who, uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff with back then. And, um, and so, yeah, we're really proud of some of the early stuff we did before, you know, I mean, no one was thinking about streaming the practice courts in 2003. Uh, and, you know, now it seems like, you know, what's the big deal? But um, so, yeah, so tennis, tennis, very important to me. I feel very, uh, very lucky that this opportunity came my way. And uh, I, I'm going to try and continue to reinvigorate it and build it into a world class property. I'll take a detour with you for a second since you went there. Uh, Jeff Price, wonderful guy. I remember he was telling me the same thing about the practice courts at the U.S. Open. Do you think people would watch? And I said, ah, yeah, why not? That's kind of a cool idea. And I think the USTA was basically like, yeah, I don't know. Sure, go for it. I mean, this was not something that was a heavy negotiation. And basically, the the technology, I think, didn't keep up with the idea. And we had some sort of stream. This is, I don't know, this is 2001. This is when I first started. Oh, yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Years. This was, we, we were way ahead of the game on this. We just didn't have the technology. But um, it, No, it's that's a, right. And it was only, and at the time, it was only available to AOL members. So you had to be an right. AOL member <laughs> to, to get it. I mean, we did the same with March Madness. We did the same with the Masters. You know, we streamed the part threes at the Masters before anyone was doing that stuff. And so, uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was open and, and everyone at the USTA, you're right. They were all, we thought it was going to be some knockout drag out. They're like, yeah, give it a, yeah, give it a try. <laughs> they didn't really they didn't know what would happen. Oh man, we could have, could have locked that in in perpetuity. We would have had something. Uh, you, yeah, you guys want yeah. to go the qualities? Yeah, I don't know. Go nuts. You think people will watch? <laughs> um, what, what did you learn? Uh, I mean, you mentioned tennis and the virtues, and I think that's something that a, a lot of people talk about to play the sport at a high level, that all this talk about tennis's metaphor for life really there's some substance to that what what did you learn in particular when you were playing the the challenger satellites when you were sort of uh scavenging for ranking points what did you learn about yourself in that well you, you know you you do learn that it it's a little lonely and it's tough um you know when you lose you know, you know when you lose in the qualifiers of a challenger and you know you have seven days um, you know, you got to really be disciplined to get ready to, for, you know, you really have nothing to do for seven days. You're going to jump in your car. You're going to drive a couple hours to the next stop. But, you know, you know that you've got to sort of put your schedule together if you're going to stay on point to get ready to try and get wins next time. And I think, you know, it's a little bit, um, you know, it's a little bit like what we're all doing now. I mean, there's really no free lunch there. And, um, you know, people think because, you know, they see maybe the, you know, top athletes in the world that it's easy, but 
it's not, you know, you got to kind of grind it out every single day. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember it then. And, and, uh, you know, I, I remember it now because I, I tell my team too, that, you know, until you get to the, you know, until you win the last point, you don't win. And so you gotta, you know, whether you're closing a deal, whether you're trying to get ready for a season, whether you're putting together guidelines and procedures, like you gotta finish it and get it done because it doesn't count if you don't win the last point. I, I always say that, uh, I mean, my, I always joke that MMA and tennis are my guilty pleasures, but there's actually a fair amount in common. Are, are there things that you're taking from, uh, from your experience with mixed martial arts that are applying to tennis? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and by the way, the opposite, you know, most people don't know that um, when we sold World Series of Fighting and turned it into the Professional Fighters League, you know, we came up with a league and a tournament concept. Mm -hmm. And it was really based on tennis. And you know, I sat down and one of the concepts in, 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 the, in the Professional Fighters League is there's a lucky loser. Because, you know, in, in fighting, John, as you know, people get hurt. And then when you have a bracket, there's a lucky loser. And everyone looked at me, they're like, what's a lucky loser? I'm like, well, I was a lucky loser a bunch of times. I went into, you know, I lost. I went into the loser's bracket. And then I tried to win, still win the, the you know, the loser's tournament, which would make you like the, you know, the eighth best person. And so, you know, that, a lot of that factoring went in there. But, you know, the other side, from the other side of it is, you know, World Team Tennis does have a bit of pageantry as part of, a part of it. There's music, there's entertainment. There's this, this sort of feeling. So I've tried to amplify that from the fighting world to bring that into World Team Tennis even more. And, uh, and you know, even, even in the way that we do player introductions and the way that you want to make the stadium feel big, like it is a prize fight, I think, uh, I think that's just, a, you know, something that no other sport does like fighting. And, and, you know, each of the other sports could get a little bit of it. We've tried to draft off of that a bit. You don't have to mop up plasma too often uh, from the playing surface and in tennis. Um, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good point, though. How, how do you balance, though, especially with World Team Tennis, how do you balance the pageantry and the fun and the music and the high fives? How do you balance that with serious competition? I mean, it seems like you're too, too sober and you lose the fun and too much fun and it ceases to feel like something meaningful. How do, how do you balance that? It, it's a... You know, it's a great question and it's not easy because I don't, you know, I, I don't want to turn it into, a, you know, a hit and giggle EXO. I think, look, I do think money does matter. Um, when prize money is there, uh, it creates a meaning that um, people are playing for something um, and it's important. So I think that's one piece of it. I also think, I also think as more and more of the top players join World Team Tennis and we've seen that. You know, they had so many great players back in the day and Connors and Everett and, and Billie Jean and, and, and Laver. And, and, you know, now if you look at the lineup this year, you know, none of these top players want to lose to these guys ever because they know they might play them in the second round of the U.S. Open. You, want, you don't want it in your brain that, you, you know, you lost to, you know, you lost to this doubles team or you lost to this guy on the court, you know, just three or four weeks earlier. So I think that's a big piece of it, too. And, um and, and, but, but I would also say that I think we talk about the NBA all the time. The NBA does it. I mean, the NBA, the, the, the entertainment value of the NBA is so high, but yet the competitive nature, especially as you get into the playoffs and through to the finals is it's insane. It's crazy. So I do think you can create the balance. Uh, and, and I think part of it is, is how you treat the players and sort of the professionalism of the entire league that they know this is a serious um, stop on their calendar. 
I've got two uh, management consultant questions for you. Okay. I'm, I'm curious about your licensing department and, and where I can get a, uh, a, a Boston Lobsters and a San Francisco Breakers uh, apparel. Um, I, I think you have a, uh, a great retro apparel business waiting to be launched. And well, well, you'll be uh, happy to know, John, that it is launched. If you go to WTT.com right now, you can get a Boston Lobsters t-shirt. So I'll send you, I'll send you the links because I, I actually just, I don't have it with me, but I have a New York bees t-shirt exactly. that was one of the names of, of the early New York teams that I got, which is great. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to ask this next question while opening up a window uh, and, and doing the shopping. I mean, the other question is um, when do we get the, this is your, your 45th season. When, when do we get the world team tennis documentary with Jan Tiriak eating wine glasses and, the great John Lucas playing uh, doubles alongside uh, Renee Richards. When, when do we get, I don't know what your video archive is, but I, I want in on that uh, World Team Tennis documentary. Well, you know, it, it's funny. When we did the All-Star match in, in March, uh, we also put out on social the last All-Star match, which I think was 76. It might have been 77. I can't remember. But La the poster was insane. I mean, it was Laver. It was Billie Jean, Everett was in it, Connors was in it. I mean, it was like, it, it, you couldn't believe it. It was like a who's who of tennis greats in that all-star match back then. I think we tried to replicate it, you know, this year. And so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of that in between. And in fact, Dick, Dick Enberg did the, did the call on yeah. that all-star match, which is, you know, also another epic, so uh yeah we should sit down and do that together i was gonna say next time we uh next time we have a business yeah. lunch in new york this will be on the agenda um for sure this is great and, and just to be clear um you want to give us the dates and where people can watch and i'll, I'll sort of sure. let you do the press release but uh wait, to tell us about the, the the 2020 season kicks off when where and how do i watch it so well all nine teams will be in greenbrier west virginia the season starts on july 12th which would have been the sunday of wimbledon the sunday finals of wimbledon uh, we're going to have matches because we're in one city. We're going to have matches all day, every day. So there'll be a 10 a.m. match, a 2 p.m. match, and a 7 p.m. match, give or take. They may slide by an hour every single day, and uh, and we'll be on CBS broadcast with the finals and a regular season. CBS Sports Network for a big chunk, ESPN for a big chunk, and Tennis Channel for a big chunk. And we're throwing in a couple matches on Facebook Live. Um, that's all in the U.S. And so every single match will be broadcast at, you know, super high quality uh, production values, all done by the, the WTT team. And uh, if you're a real junkie, you can, uh, you can watch all 66 matches because there's no collisions because they're all on. There's only one match on at any one moment in time because we're all together. So uh, it should be fun. And not a lot of uh, counter-programming from other sports either. So, uh, no, I mean, I, again, I think tennis will obviously be watching closely, but I suspect uh, – there will be a lot of curious sports executives watching you as well. So um, good, good luck with it all. Yeah, thank you, John. We'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date too. And uh, we look forward to, you know, doing it, doing it the right way and doing it as, as safely as we can. Stay out of the, uh, the West Virginia discos. Um, great. <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate this. Note to self. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, good luck with it. Thanks for the time and uh, stay in touch. This is great. Okay. Thanks, John. See you soon. Thanks, Carlos. Take care. Okay, thanks to Carlos for the 
time and the candor. Always a pleasure talking with him. Thanks, as always, to our super fantastic colleague, Jamie Lasanti, who is producing this remotely and uh, is appreciated by the entire staff, probably more than she knows. That will do it for this week. We'll have another guest next week. Keep the suggestions coming. Subscribe, leave a review. It all helps. Um, The guest suggestions have been wonderful. Some of them uh, more practical than others. They've been a source of great enjoyment. So keep keep those coming. And um, again, stay healthy, everyone. Stay well. Wear a mask. Stay home if possible. We will talk again in seven days. (laughs) 